Well, good morning. But again, we do want to just say welcome to those of you who might be here for your first time. Again, this is a, a unique service. We call them Fifth Sundays. So every, whenever a fifth Sunday shows up in the year, we kind of just take a moment to bring the kids in and have a, an abbreviated service. And we will have a big pizza party after the service today. So you're welcome to stick around for that. Um, you know, one of the cool things about Songs by the Fire this past Friday night uh, was our, the song part in the back going on. And we had a number of groups, as you can see. Uh, those of you who may not know, um, Lourdes's family was in full force there. Her husband, Sean, he was uh, just critical and instrumental in actually getting everything lined up and did a wonderful job with that. Plus, he's a wonderful singer and musician, so he, he shared his talents with us. But then uh, one of their sons, Owen, and, and his friend Cal came up and sang. And, you know, it was just so cool. And I, I don't know if you watch this, Lourdes, you might, but to watch, I like to watch like Sean, the father, his, you know, watching his son up there. Um, and it really, Cal in his own right, too, is almost like a son, too, to them. And, um, but just watching kind of with that pride, you know, that a father would have. Of, and you see the investment that Sean has made in his son. And, you know, his son, Owen, is, was just wonderful. I mean, his just gifted, but also, I think, the heart that's behind him um, was just so wonderful. And so you see... Really, something, you know, what I would call, and kind of what, you know, going along with our theme this morning, something that I would say is an inheritance. And I think very clearly, too, it showed that there was an inheritance there that did not have a dollar sign, nor could it have. It was a gift given from a father to a son, not just in, like, kind of raw, you know, t talent being passed on, but an investment and a sowing into the life of a, a, what's now a young man. And, you know, I think for a lot of us here, um, who are who have professed Jesus as Lord and Savior and, and walk in relationship with him, I think it's great for us to be reminded, just like has what was shared already with the children from Romans and what we've been talking about in, in Romans chapter eight, but again, that we you know we have been adopted in as, as sons and daughters. And that's huge. That's huge. And and with that comes an inheritance. And again, I I, I don't like the fact that for many of us we, and myself included, we always, I think when we hear the word inheritance, we automatically go to money, don't we? It's just kind of what's, what's ingrained in us. But what we have to understand is there is just so much more than money, isn't there? And again, that what was on display Friday night, it was just this beautiful picture of an inheritance that was gleaned from this young man, from his father and his mother. And it's just beautiful. But that's also that same picture, I believe, that we see with Christ. And so we have been adopted as heirs, right? We've been adopted into the family of God. And um, again, this is gonna be a, a, a shorter message by God's grace, a little abbreviated. Uh, it is hard <laughs> to taper things down a bit because you know you, you always get, I get excited anyway, I wanna share everything that I've gleaned, but I'm gonna try to keep it short, but still beneficial. Um, I want to share a story with you I came across as, you know, we're talking about this, this idea or this theme of being adopted as heirs. Um, Mr. J. Spites of America, and again, so I guess this was a, a broader article, so they were identifying that he was from America. He recently discovered that he is royal. He took a DNA test and results popped up as being a, of royal descent. The funny thing is that Spites grew up in New Jersey. He lives in an apartment he doesn't even own a car, but now he's a prince. NPR reports that he visited his long-lost country and was welcomed home as royalty. 
Another paper reported, when he first arrived, he saw what looked like a festival, hundreds of people dancing and playing instruments and singing, and it took him several minutes to realize that it was a welcome party for him. Here's an excerpt from his interview with NPR. And the host asked, you know, he said, so it goes royal DNA. He said, Mr. Spites is a prince in the small West African country of Benin. His father had been trying to learn the, the African side of their lineage for decades, and at last he had, no, he had an answer, and so naturally he got on a plane. And Spites, you know, responded to this, and he said, you know, next thing you know, I'm in Benin being crowned as a prince. It was that easy. And the host explained, you know, the royal family prepared a festival for his homecoming. They hung up banners. They held a parade. And because the prince had no experience with princing, the royal family sent him to a so-called prince school. And Spites commented back, he's like, what may have added to the intensity of emotion was that it was my father's birthday. And to land there on my father's birthday was just unbelievable. And I tell you, my father's presence was with me and I could see him and feel him. What a parallel story, right? What a beautiful picture of so many of us. That in one moment, you know, we were, we were orphaned. We were dead in our sin, right? And when, when Jesus revealed himself and we said yes to him coming into our lives as Lord and Savior, in a moment, just like this, this young man, we had been living, you know, in our, in our simple life and, and really in a life lost, in a life that was lacking. And in a moment, we became princes or princesses. We became heirs to a, to a throne, to a king. And the amazing thing was is that we did nothing to earn that, did we? <laughs> it was something that was beyond our reach. It was something that was really, we, didn't, we did not deserve it. But yet here it was offered, and we, because of Christ, inherited something beautiful, didn't we? Eternal life. And what's striking here as well is that there's this gentleman, Spites, he had an inheritance, but he was completely unaware of it, wasn't he? Completely unaware, had no clue. And for us as believers this morning, I wonder how many of us, again, walk through life in such a way not realizing the inheritance that, let me explain, we've already possessed. We already have it. But we, are, we, we, we get caught up in the things of this world. We get caught up what we, what we see in the physical and with our physical eyes and even some of the challenges and the struggles come and we can get our eyes off the fact that we walk as heirs with Christ. In Romans 8, as, as Cindy already explained, and wasn't it great to see the kids this morning and to hear, again, I think there's such a beauty in the simplicity and really the gospel message that is a simple message. And I love to watch children and I love to watch even some of the kind of what seems to be like disorganization because you can't corral that many kids in order all the time. But there's just a response and there's just a beauty to the, the innocence that's there. And I think it's a picture for all of us to be reminded of this morning of, of how we are to come to Christ. The same way those children were sitting around Cindy this morning, really to come and sit at Jesus' feet and to learn from him, to go to his word and to let him minister to us. It's the same thing. The challenge for us as adults is we, we, we arrive, right? We, we're, we're too old for that, <laughs> too mature. 
But I don't know about you, I can throw a temper tantrum with the best of them. And uh, yeah, there you go. And it's, it's just something, though, to know that, that Jesus welcomes us, like children, to come and to be present with him. And there's just something about you know, sitting at the feet of, of your father or mother or sitting next to them and, and being comforted, even when you're going through a difficult season. And God does that for us even still today. But in Romans 8 there, I just want to touch on it for a moment, beginning in verse 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you. Again, there's that, that theme, that word today of adoption. He adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. Again, this is huge. <laughs> this is critical to grasp this. Abba is something, again, it was not ever heard of in that time, in Jesus' time. You did not talk about God, creator of heaven and earth, the God of, of the Bible, of, of the, the Jewish people, of the Old Testament. You did not refer to him as daddy. You came, you know, face down, <laughs> and you better, you know, have the offering and things like that, which again, he is still that same God. Understand that. But because of the work of the cross and what we receive through Christ Jesus, we now are able to approach this God as a son or as a daughter. And we can cry out to him and call out to him as Papa, as Daddy. And that is beautiful. <laughs> and that is something that, that we have to continue to come back to and to know. And for some of us today, that's how God sees you. You are his child and he cares about you. Because again, we can be in situations and we can be going through things in this life where we are struggling and sometimes it feels like, man, God, where are you in this? I heard it said once, and I think it's so beautiful, that it's, it's during the test that the teacher is quiet. Because the teacher has poured into you, because the teacher has helped prepare you, and when you are walking through that test, it doesn't mean that the teacher is no longer there, but now you are walking with what you have learned. But know this, as a father, and I think about the image, you know, when I was teaching my children to ride a bike, Right? By the way, I'm not a training wheels person, just so you know. I don't know about any other people. I'm not judging. Okay, fine. I'll be by myself. But again, training wheels, let me just tell you. And again, if you use training wheels, God bless you. But what I, what I noticed, you know, is when I, we started, Isaac was our first one. And we had training wheels. And man, he was just on that thing all day long, you know, just leaning. And so I'd watch for them on those little two-wheel scooters to learn, like balance. And then I'd put him on a bike, and it would take me about an hour and they would, they would figure out they could ride. And I didn't want them to be dependent upon those training wheels, right? I just wanted to skip that whole step. But what was fun for them, maybe not so much for me, but it was like getting them going, and they would kind of start getting it, and I would slowly let go of the seat, right? I'm kind of, kind of jogging along next to them. And then I would back up a little bit, but I was still present. So it felt like they were by themselves, and then they would start kind of doing this. And then before they could fall, I would just reach and grab the seat and stabilize it for them. And so I was always there within arm's reach, even when they felt like maybe I wasn't. Why? Because I loved and cared for them, and I didn't want them to fall over and get hurt, right? And I believe that's the picture of what God does with us so often. You know, you may feel like you're alone, but be encouraged that you are not. In Galatians, I want to just touch base here, because again, throughout Paul's letters to the different churches, he, he, there's always this same theme. A lot of these same themes carry over. And I just want to share from this briefly. Again, I see some of the parents, and Ella 
man, don't be long, Pastor Dell. I won't be, I promise. I'm, gonna, I'm sensitive today. Galatians, thank you, honey. <laughs> As she's holding our two-year-old. Um, I'm mostly scared of her, not any of you. So, Galatians 4, uh, 1 through 7, let's just read. Uh, so I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. It says this, Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set, and that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, and God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. What a great passage that I think is needed for many of us this morning. I think it is such, again, it is, it is encapsulating that whole picture of what we've been talking about. And, you know, in this process of we were being, you know, we were enslaved to sin, right? We could not es escape what sin had, the right that it had on us. It owned us. And we were enslaved to that. And, you know, often times or most of the time, you know, I really had seen this as a two-part process, but I almost see it as three. And as a pastor, I put all the same letter because that's what we're trained to do in our handbook. Um, and so I have three steps here, and it's, it's bought, between, and belong. And what I see and what I believe the scripture paints for us is first that Jesus, again, through his blood, sacrifice, dying on a cross for my sin and for your sins, he purchased us. Understand that God didn't just like wave kind of like a magic wand and somehow get past the fact that sin had a right to us because of the fall of Adam and Eve. And so there was a price that had to be paid, a price that we deserved to pay, that Jesus came and stood in our place and paid that price. So we were purchased, but the beautiful thing, and again, I always kind of jump to the belonging part, but there's the between part, meaning he didn't just pull us out of sin and leave us as orphans or leave us there. But instead, once we were out of sin's grasp, then he brought us in to his family. You understand? We were bought, there was the between, and then we became heirs, sons and daughters of the Most High, part of the family. And I love that. I love that picture because it shows the love that God has. God, in his love and mercy, rescued us, and that would have, I mean, in one sense, been a lot or been enough but he didn't stop there. Then he lavished us with his love by actually bringing us into his own family. Dr. Warren Worsby, he, he speaks of um, this idea of, of adoption and he gives some points I just want to share briefly as we will start to kind of taper this down and start wrapping. But the one thing I, I want to start with is, is, is this word adoption. And again, we understand the concept. We know what it is. 
But in, in the scripture, the word adoption, that word actually what it means is to place as an adult son. And again, understand that in that culture, the son was the one that would inherit everything, right? The son was the one that was in line. But notice too that it says adult son. You remember what I read earlier about, you know, as children, you know, they had to wait for their inheritance. But guess what? <laughs> you and I are blessed in the fact that when we were adopted, we were adopted as adults. Meaning, we were adopted in this sense as this adult son, meaning we have full access to the inheritance that comes with that. Isn't that beautiful? That we have access to all that God has. And again, this goes beyond material things. This goes on to the fact we have access to him and to many aspects of his character. We have access to the strength that he offers when we're going through difficult seasons. And most importantly, we have access to eternal life being present with our creator. So know that and celebrate that and rest in that. So let me just touch on just a couple things here from verse 7 of Galatians. Notice that the child here has the same nature as the father, but slaves do not. Again, the whole idea that the law, we had to understand that it could never give a person God's nature within them. All it could do was reveal to the person our desperate need for God's nature. Understand that there's a sinful nature that exists in our flesh. Again, we don't have to go far to find that, do we? I say it often about our, when you watch your children and my children, I don't have to teach them to disobey my, what I've said. Anybody have that problem? <laughs> And again, they do a lot of things wonderful, but there's just something, and it starts even my two-year-old, you know, don't touch that, right? It's like, where did you learn that? <laughs> it's our sin nature. It's just in us, and we have to learn. And again, and so we can't have, we, we can't possess God's nature. You know, when Jesus left the earth, he says, it is good that I go. And again, nobody would say, God, Jesus, it's great that you're leaving, but if he says that himself, why? Because then the Spirit, Holy Spirit was coming, the Comforter was coming. Why? Because now God can actually dwell within us. It says that we are his temple. We are the place of his dwelling. And so he comes into our lives and dwells with us. And so we have God's nature. But the problem is, I know for yourself and for me, when we're, if we're not careful, we have this tendency that we can go back into the things of the law, can't we? We can start to mess with some of that. And when we do that, we deny the very nature that is within us. And we are giving our old nature, the flesh, the opportunity to go to work. Does anybody have challenges with the flesh at times? You know, we want it our way, especially those of us that struggle, you know, with anger issues. <laughs> we are a work in progress, Amen. And we don't always, you know, there are, there are times, and you know what, let me just encourage those, especially those that are parents, but even whatever relationship, sometimes it's, it's, it's the simplicity of just saying, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And some of us, myself included, that just does not roll off my tongue as well as it should at times. But we have this tendency we can default back into our old nature and our old ways. But again, remember that we, as children, have the same nature as our Heavenly Father, Another part of us being as children is that we are rich while the servant is poor. And again, this has nothing to do with monetary wealth. 
Sometimes that may come on this earth. Other times it may not. You may have heard it said, and I believe it's a song, you know, you can take the world, but give me Jesus. Have all, take all that I have, but if I have Christ, that is all that I need. And as children of God, again, we are not poor, but we are rich. And we can in, begin to draw on this inheritance even now. What is that inheritance? We have riches. We have riches of God's grace from Ephesians 1.7. We have riches of his glory in Philippians 4.19. We have riches of God's goodness in Romans 2.4. And the riches of his wisdom in Romans 11.33. And of course, all of the riches of God that are found in Christ in Colossians 1.19. We are rich, church. And we have all that we need. And we need to be reminded of that this morning. And lastly, as children of God, we can be encouraged that we have a future. We have a future. And while we live in a time when future is not always the nicest thing to look at or there's a lot of uncertainties, we can rest in that fact that God has given us a future and at the end of it all, no matter how things shake out here on this earth, that we have an eternity promised to us with our Savior, Jesus Christ, where we will see him face to face. And we will not know a single tear. We will not know pain. We will not know suffering any longer. But we will be free in eternity with our creator. Amen? You see, as, inher as, as heirs we can trust that the Father will always provide for our needs. He provided for us his Son. And each of us, we can experience this. In 1 John 3, 1, the first part of it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Again, today is our fifth Sunday, and as you saw the many children here, as you see and hear them even in this service, you know, one thing I tell people all the time, especially those with, with young children or with babies that, that come to the church, I'm like, I do not mind children being in this service. You know why? Because every time I hear that, that call or that, even that cry, one, it reminds me of life, that God is continuing to bring new life, and it's exciting to, to hear even a, a baby's, you know, cry. But it also reminds me of my relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ that we are called children of God and that we have, again, a family and we have a Father who loves us dearly. And so I want to encourage you that, that same way today. If you hear, if you're out anywhere, whenever you're out, if you hear that baby or that child crying and maybe, again, maybe it's annoying <laughs> sometimes, but I would challenge you to come back to that place and say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for adopting me because I know that that's probably how I sound a lot of the time. <laughs> Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. I thank you for, God, just this simple truth. As we've looked at your word, as we've just shared again, just that, that reminder today that, that we are heirs. Like the gentleman, Lord, who is, who is living his life here, unaware, oblivious to the fact that he was a prince. God, I pray for each person here who knows you as Lord and Savior to be reminded that they are heirs that there are prince and princesses in this room today. God, forgive us where we do not walk our lives in a way that's, or in a manner that's worthy, Lord, or that is a, in a way that re reflects that fact that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. 
Lord, we realize that while that is the case and while that is true, we realize that there will be challenges that come in this world. There will be difficult seasons that come while we walk this earth. But God, let us never be misled to think that you have abandoned us or that you have forgotten your children. God, for you hold the universe in the palm of your hand. And God, while you are that great and that mighty and that expansive, Lord God, how much more love could be shown or how much more beauty could be shown the fact that you choose to come into our lives and dwell within us because of the work of the cross and through Christ Jesus, that your spirit resides in us. God, we are grateful and thankful, Lord, this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the children that are here. God, I thank you for, um, again, the, the ministry that Cindy leads downstairs with the many volunteers that help. God, as we truly want to invest and pour into the future generations, Lord God. God, that they may come to know you as Lord and Savior, and that's all of our heart's prayers. So God, I thank you. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this time that we can gather together. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand?